parents proud of you? Host, me, Matthew Schufrader. This week, my friend, actor extraordinaire, Alex Albrecht. Alex is an actor, and we didn't meet on Zoom. We didn't meet in my apartment or his apartment. We met at a diner, the Golden Apple. Alex and I go here sometimes just to hang out and talk about life. And I thought, what better way to have him on the show? And to just do it at a diner. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. You're going to hear some background noises. You're going to hear music. You're going to hear uh, a server. You're going to hear water being drank and cups hitting the table and forks and chewing. Um, it's going to feel very different. It's going to feel very um, devised. Sure, let's go with that. But um, that's just my opinion. Here for yourself. Here's my conversation with my friend and actor, Alex Albrecht. Our go-to um, place for to eat. We hang out. We go there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just. It, it's. It sucks. I know this is a podcast and, and I'm the guest, but I'm just like listening. I was just like, yeah, you're right. I don't. I don't have anything to offer. Yeah, you're. You're nailing it. Well, do you remember the first time we did this together? The first. It was just you and I who were here. Uh, no. Okay. So, Do you? Yes. Do you have that stuck in your crawl? Yes, because it's a big head. And uh, so we're, we know each other. We've done some readings together. Zoom in the movies. Mm-hmm. Shout out Zoom in the movies. We've done this before. Um, but we, you would do these Twin Peaks readings back yes. in the spring. And I love Twin Peaks. You're a big, I, I big love David Lynch, Lynch fan. Very. So we did one. And... We ended it super early because these readings usually go two, two and a half hours. And this one, since it was only... I try to be very economic focused when it comes to people's time. Right. Not just in readings, just like I'm very hyper vigilant because I try to honor my own time. Right. And so why shouldn't I extend that courtesy to somebody else? (laughs) Well, this thing ended it like... 8.30, 8.45. 8.30, 8.45. Good. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm having a good time. I'm seeing all these wonderful actors. Some of them are in Chicago. Some of them are out of states or a little bit further away. And I said, well, I'm going to go get some pie at the Golden Apple. And I was joking. I was like, Alex, you want to come? And you were like, where, where is it? And I told you where it is. And he's like, okay, maybe I might actually have to come. And then... I think I told you I was good. This was at your um, at your old apartment, mm-hmm. and you well, and I had a car. And yeah. I said I would pick you up, and we would go. And then I go outside, and I see that my roommate parked behind me. And I was like, oh well, crap! I can't move, and they're asleep. So right. I was like, next time, I will. And then we did a Birdman reading. Was it? Was it? It was the Birdman one, and I was like, hey, do you want to come to the Apple? And you're like, yeah, all right, fine. I'll ride my bike. And you did, and we rode the bike, and you mm-hmm. rode your bike, and that sort of became kind of like this, not every time thing after a reading, but like it was a bi-weekly kind of a thing. Most I was of still down both times. Yeah, it was I'm fun. still gung-ho to do it. And, it. and we would go here, and I can't remember, and I remember a grim majority of them, where it's just like, we would just, it's what's... The worst ideas you've ever... You've ever thought of when it comes to 
theatrical fantasy <laughs> um, armchair casting. Armchair casting, big fan um, of When it just came to thinking of just stupid concepts for just reads and because it's very ZTM focused because that's all we had during the pandemic you know you had your show I haven't really done a whole lot since that started I I mean I have things in in motion but um, you know ZTM was always my during the pandemic was my creative outlet and luckily coming in a time well when we're, we're recording this like it's March 23rd of 2022 at 7.45. And so we're at the time where COVID is what it is, but theaters are opening up yep. and more so than they were when, quote unquote, it was safe. Mm-hmm. And so things are in motion, things are going. But during uh, COVID, like ZTM was... Was it? What I, that was what I did. That's where I, heard, where I got my yayas and like my kicks. <laughs> Do you remember the first time we actually hung out in person? Yes. I picked you up. Yes. This was a uh, off-the-grid road trip that mm-hmm. we wanted to make to finally... Because we have this small group of friends. Yeah. Like 12 of us. And I think it was one of those, it's a nice day, our friend Lord. Well, it was a nice day when we started. I remember eventually it started raining, and I was like, oh, no. But um, I was like, you know what? I ha- I'm the one with the car. I'll go pick people up. And you were, of course, again, the closest at the time. And you still are. Uh, fun facts. We're gonna, we'll let everyone we're, know your we're only We're only friends by proximation of <laughs> location. Yeah. If it's 15 miles, it's too far for me. Yeah. No. Um, so I picked you up. Mm, food. Oh, yeah. Food. Uh, food's coming here, folks. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. It looks delicious. Awesome. All set, guys? Yep. Thank Thanks. you so much. What did you get? Uh, mushroom cheeseburger. Ooh. Yes. That looks good. <laughs> and I must, this is so off topic, but, but the ASMR is going to be mm. exquisite. Mm. 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 <laughs> oh, this is Terry Gross with the mushroom cheeseburger hour. Just, I'm just waiting for the one. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Um, anyway, so I picked you up and. I didn't realize this, but um, I'm, not, I'm not the safest driver. No. <laughs> we're, we're just going to call it like it is. Um, I'm not the safest driver in the world. Sort of just, you know, they're Zooming the movies and then they're Zooming the friends. And I was Zooming the friends with you. But. I'm, at, I'm retreating back. Into, I have food. I'm just going to listen now. Because <laughs> that's one of my bad habits is. I'm just gonna ask questions, and I'm going to, and I'm going to listen to somebody talk as I eat, which always gave me the um, assumption when, up until like a year ago, that I was just a fast eater. No, I'm just allowing somebody else to talk, and I'm finishing first. Right. Let me ask you this question before you go. You eat, and I've been thinking a lot when I was prepping for this, and I was thinking, whoa. The hell happened? Put that right. That was amazing. If, again, wish we had a camera. Um, I was really thinking about this because um, when I was doing some research about you today, and you know, one of the reasons why I've had had hard such a hard time having friends come on the show was because 
We're nobodies. <laughs> In my heart, you're not. Um, we were, yeah, we were talking right before this started. Like, this is gonna be your lowest downloaded, lowest listened to like episode. But you know what I thought about? Like when I was prepping, and even my head, like Tony, for example, Tony Peregrino, a couple weeks ago, was. I think there's a great connection, even more with friends, and say mm-hmm. like a random. Like if I have right. like the, the Wiggles, for example, like they don't know who I am. I can do as much. You research. go, you go into basic interview mode of like, so what? Yeah. What was your childhood like? So what was you, this? You what do, was this? You do the timeline, like the the Mark Maron of just like, so you started when you were like ten, huh? I've been listening to too much Mark Maron. So his his interviews are all the same though. They're just kind of like, so where'd you start? Where'd you get to? But the the people who are willing to talk, yeah, and just you know, I listened to the Obama one again. Love that episode, mm-hmm. or Alan Alda was on it. Like everyone's famous oldest young man. Your favorite oldest young man. Uh, hell yeah, thank you. Um, but my point is, I'm thinking a lot about uh, like us, and I definitely think we've had this change in our relationship. I don't know what. Oh you, no. <laughs> oh no, 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 not in a bad way. And I think what started out was we went from two wild and crazy guys. Oh, yeah, I know, it's, I know this sounds ridiculous, but like, let me explain. So I think it was some way halfway through the summer, or even the fall, where it sort of morphed into brothers. Okay. Older, younger brother. You teach me something, I teach you something. Most of the time, it's you giving me shit, my knees just teasing you. <laughs> like a like complete opposite. And then it became at times where... We, I don't want to say we drifted apart, but we just sort of... We still... Because I think we're still close. Oh, yeah, you can be close, but, like, but like not talking to each other for, like, a few other. weeks. Yeah. That's how life is. Uh-huh. You know, I don't want to be that asshole, like, that's just, like, social media and the instant gratification, but it's, like, there's... If a bond is strong, and if a bond between two people is, like deep enough right like you could go a few weeks without talking to anybody mm-hmm. and 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 the fact that the notion of that is i don't know a proclamation like something to make note of it's right. weird to me i may be uh, i may be an old curmudgeon no, in I don't a think so. young body do you think there's a, how would you define this relationship do you think it's brothers do I, am i even overthinking that you think it's changed over time I don't. I try not to. I try not to think about that stuff. It, it, it's kind of like a, putting a label on it. Just kind of boxes it into a certain thing, and it doesn't allow it to shift, and it doesn't allow it to change. Because if you're noting what it is, you're not actually witnessing and experiencing it. Right. Right. So then, <laughs> then I don't know what it is. That I think maybe it was when. I think when we first met, we were in. It was like a honeymoon period. It was almost like a love relationship <laughs> because you're right. Things were opening back up, and we all felt a little bit more comfortable taking our masks off and just seeing each other. Um, you know, we rode bikes. We got up. We got. We went to the Apple till midnight so many times. Um, you went to my first in-person show in I did. Woodstock, Illinois, I did. Um, which from here is. Like an hour and fifteen, and mm-hmm. that was the farthest trip we ever went to. Um, I, that was like the one time I've ever gotten like quote unquote a little bit drunk. Were you really? <laughs> yeah. I don't drink. Um, I don't do alcohol. I don't. I've done edibles, but I don't 
it's not my jam. Mm-hmm. I like to have control and remember and like a, a grasp of reality. That's my sake of. That's my stock when it comes to control. Is that. But I don't know. I drank something, and I remember on the home ride home, just like fucking talking out my ass about like religion, you know, religion, and all that stuff, which is something that I barely even do. Like, you believe your thing, you I believe my thing, and and like I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of avenues to like talk about what I believe in. I was like, I don't give a shit. That was my main thing. I was like, all right, I know on the way there, I'm gonna have stuff to talk about with Alex, and then I don't know what time we're going home. I just know halfway through, it's going to get very exhausting. <laughs> For me, am I going to be exhausted? No, I mean, again, I was doing a two-hour play, and then we all hung out, and then I've been, at the time, I've been up since seven, and I was working, so I was just exhausted, and then we just became two grumpy old men by the time we got home. Well, the funny thing is, like, I'm totally comfortable with silence. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the time. It took me a yeah. long time to be okay with silence. Mm-hmm. Because it's like... There's a line in Pulp Fiction of just like, don't you hate, love that? Just sharing an uncomfortable silence. Right. Because, I don't know, I believe... And like, one of the things I was thinking about before coming on is just like, oh my gosh, if I say what I truly believe, am I going to come off as like a jerk? Am I going to come off as like an asshole or something like that? And so in your comments, when you like and subscribe to this podcast, <laughs> just rebuke me. Just, like, say I'm wrong. Say you're wrong. I, I believe that, like, silence is one of the most intimate things that you could share with someone. Mm-hmm. To just not need to fill the air with bullshit. Right. Sometimes the bullshit's nice, and sometimes, sometimes the bullshit's, bullshit's fun, and it's, it's engaging, and, and it's fun. But there's something about just, like, existing in the same place and not worrying about needing to fill the air. Right. That's fair. (laughs) And here we are again. Mm. Well, there's something I I didn't know that you shared with people. You would share clips or gifs of, like, like, feel-good things or um, everyday clips of people celebrating or doing something is that true you would do stuff like that when what i mean i've done things like that i definitely get into spurts on social media i you know one of the things i did in college was i I worked at a radio station and they made me a production manager and and that entailed uh creating audio pieces to just fill time fill space like and and one of the things i did was a um there's like an old website of just like givesmehope.com or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I would have a bunch of friends come in and record a few of them just because you need variety when um, you need variety when on the radio. You can't have the same voice just saying, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> but it would, be, it would be just uplifting things. Yeah. It'd be nice things to hear. Um, because... I don't know, you, you kind of got to read the room and gauge the temperature of, especially on social media, it's so easy to do. You can gauge how happy somebody is or how distraught and how just where emotionally people as a whole are if you notice patterns. And so, yeah, I totally, you know, I can imagine myself doing that. I have a shit memory. That's not why I'm not, like, uh, 
com- confirming it oh, yeah. or denying it. It's just like, it happened? Cool. I try not to log my past in yeah. my head. Um, this is just the research I found out about you. Yeah. See, how would you define yourself then? You... I try to live in the moment. How I describe myself? I don't know. Like, I feel that's something that other people are concerned with. Like, it goes back to if you label yourself, you limit yourself. Right. And so, I don't know. I I hope to be ever constantly evolving. I hope to be engaging. I hope to be fearless. I hope to want to engage in things to live life to the fullest. Speaking of your life. I need to know about young Alex oh, growing God. up, growing up in Alaska. The Great White. Um, I was a shy kid growing up. Um, mm-hmm. I was. Yet again, I'm. I'm. I have to go through the rolodex of my head because right. this goes back to labeling as well as like the past. Uh, but like, I was. I was a shy kid. I didn't like. Apparently, growing up. Uh, I didn't, and this is not in the horrible, I was afraid of women, mm-hmm. like as a toddler, and the only people that I would like allow to be like comfortable around was like my mother, my sisters, and like my aunt, because she sounded like my mother, she had the same like... Where did that come from, you think? It's I just have weird. no idea. Was, um, it, was it a trait in the family? Not at all, I've, I like, I don't know, I don't know, I've, I've... It's something I definitely have to overcome. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and so, I, you know, you, it's one of those things that over time you start to just address your, your, your fears and your insecurities and be like, well, why am I like this? Once you realize in social situations how others are and, and you get the knack of how things work when it comes to human beings right then you realize oh when it, if you're nervous going to a party you're probably not the only one nervous um if you're i go you know as an actor i get really nervous before auditions mm-hmm. of course but then when getting there everything fades away Do you black out i don't black it out or block it off i i just remember oh wait Everybody else is nervous in the waiting room. Right. Oh, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> it's the it's like knowing where relatability hits. That is, I don't know. It's soothing. It's comforting to me. Knowing you're, you know, the, those moments when you know you're not alone in the universe. Right. Did that nerves? Oh, did it start when you said start young? Were we talking right when you were born? Or oh, geez, I have no idea. I don't remember. I don't remember the day I was born. What I neither do I. <laughs> it was a Tuesday. The Cubs were playing. No, that's when my dad said the Cubs were playing. Oh they my had, gosh! They had. W- did they win, son? They did. I was. I think one day I randomly Googled 1997 Chicago Cubs, and they won that day. It was a day game. Uh, I was supposed to be born on the Fourth of July. Oh. So that's my little tea about me. Um, but do you remember like elementary school, Alex? Yeah. Um, I was kind of a weird kid. Um, but still shy? Still shy. And I, I think something that, that um, didn't really help matters 
was um, so my parents in the neighborhood that I grew up in they were the first people because it's in Alaska and so there's a lot of like space right Ooh, good. good great yeah. yeah thank you so there's a lot of space and so back in like 1995 1994 or whatever you could go like down a street and find a cul-de-sac where there's nobody around right and that's where my parents like plopped and so yeah I was able to go to school but like I feel I'm not gonna say that I had a lonely childhood <laughs> but at some points yeah I was cause there, there you know just being in that location mm-hmm. it was like there wasn't another family for like half a mile which is like a forever distance when you're like three or four years old were you close with your sister? Oh yeah, I I have two sisters, Irene and Leanne. Um, Irene was like, she was the fucking best growing up. She introduced me to a lot of music and, and cool things, and, and Leanne as well. Um, but Irene was like my hero because she, I mean she implemented the, the the one memory that is as far back. I don't want to say it's like my first memory, but it, it, it's um. You know, it's it's a music sample mm-hmm. because uh, from the BC Boys song "Sure Shot." Mm-hmm. Uh, look it up on all your streaming platforms. Beast Boys, they don't need me to advertise for them. Um, but she, you know, she introduced me to the Beatles, which was very formative to me, and and that's what I'm getting at with like where I was kind of an awkward kid because I remember in school. This is just an example of like how I was was like. The teacher, it was kindergarten, and she would just allow the students during the lunch period to bring in songs and music to to listen to, and like, you know, well, which, you know, thinking about now, it's like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I I think people were bringing in, like, the pop hits of the time of, like, you know, 1990. Six or seven, so oh, it was like all the Janet Jackson, oh. the Janet Jacksons, the Insyncs, the boy bands. Right. I wanted to bring in the Beatles, but I think that's okay. It's okay now that we're like twenties and thirties, but like when you're a seven, like a five or seven year old kid, like what the fuck is this? And when you say Beatles, are we talking Help? So you bring Help, not even like it was. It was. I I know specifically the song. It was the night the, the song the night before off the Help album. And I was just kind of like rocking, jamming out to it, and like, I'm I'm acting right now. You can't see, but it was like that weird like. Um. Okay. Were you like vibes. Were you like Ferris Bueller when he's doing Twist and Shout? Oh no, not at all. No. Not at all. It wasn't that. <laughs> you said it, and I just thought of it. But, you know, in addition to that, there, um, my parents owned a used appliance store. And that was out of the back of like a shop. And what they do, would do is like they would buy um, buy appliances used from government liquidation sales. When it's like, oh, this is nicked, might as well get rid of it and get a new one. And so they would buy that like sixty percent off, fix it all up, sell it for you know an uptick right. in money and all that stuff. But but they had like a little shop that they would do that out of. It was literally my mom and dad, and like maybe one other person. Like my mom worked the phones and the computer and the billing stuff and my dad was actually the mechanic and like that's the, cool though. 
and the the fixer upper and like do you know go to people's homes and like fix their appliances of like their washer dryer like washing machine and all that stuff and but you know there aren't other kids around when you're hanging out there right. either um which is fine it just means like uh, there's a, there's like a little cliff right behind and and so that like really formed like an imagination cuz cuz i loved i don't even know when the first time i watched like back to the future or like the blues brothers those were the 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 two movies growing up that just like those were it like that was fun you got action you got music you got all that and so it was just like hanging around the cliff face just like pretending you're marty mcfly or like you know my dad would use like toe straps yeah which have the hooks at the end and and a bunch of like different things and so i would like not like repel off the side of his truck because you know i'm only like three foot nothing like really light and so it wouldn't scratch up or ding it but I was just like repelling and like running off and down and like using that to hold my weight just like very imaginative things like that Mm -hmm. my parents on the oldest of four my dad was still but was big on sports Mm -hmm. and he would make me do baseball and make my sister and make my two brothers do baseball so my youngest Will still does baseball but he would do 7, 8, 9, 10 Mm -hmm. teens and we would be forced to go to the games on Saturday mornings. And this is when, you know, mm-hmm. Matt had no friends and he was his only, his friends himself was his only friend. So I would go exploring and there's this construction site right next to the baseball field. Cause there, and I would just go there and I would climb and climb and I'd say, I'm going to go to this mountain over there. My mom's like, okay, fine. It wasn't until one day that they had to stop at the game. But he saw me on top What of did you... Yeah, I was like, that, what did you do? Because not only is that a construction site, uh, that is uncharted waters, I told. I was, I found out I was not supposed to be, was not supposed to be going to. Um, my mom... Like, literally, my mom, who does not like to go and get me because she's mm. like... You, you, I respect... I, she's like, I expect more of you sometimes. Oh, God. Uh, she's like, you can never go back up there. And there was nothing huge. It was just a mountain I want to go up to and just keep going and... You know, I was old enough to know where I was going and how far was too far to come on back. Um, but after that, she was like, oh, nope, you were either going to that playground over there with your, mm-hmm. with your sister or you were staying and watching the game. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to do option C, which is stay home mm-hmm. and do that. Well, I had weird influences because my sisters would have their friends around. And so I would interact with them. Like, my, my, like Irene had her, like, a boyfriend or whatever come around. Like, mm-hmm. Leanne had her friends. Right. Um, and so, you know, there was always something. And, you know, I think that accounted for me not being just, like, socially horrible growing up later right. in life. There was, always, there was always stuff around. Like, that's why I say I don't want to say that I had a lonely childhood. Because there was always, like... I always had like a constant like best friend or something you know there'd be like Josh Libis down the road who we would like start a fire with where did you uh, where did you rank in your siblings are you the oldest I'm the youngest okay I'm the youngest by about like eight years wow Mm -hmm. and so even you know even though you have your sisters there's that gap Mm -hmm. and there is a a sort of generational divide in that because you know while by the time I'm up in like six or seven, they're like 16, 
14. They want their own lives. Yeah. They want to be able to go out and do whatever, especially in like a small town. Like, right. <laughs> we we know what's going on. Yeah, it's small town vibes, and I don't fault them at all for that. Right. Like, my sister has a boyfriend now. Mm-hmm. How old is she? Uh, she just turned twenty. She's twenty two. And she, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're the oldest, right? Yeah. So that makes me feel good about my love life. And uh, you can't. I I don't really care. But uh, and, but that the, the point I was getting at is, you know, this was a secret thing for a long time. Um, because you know she, it's her and her three brothers. You know, the, the running get gag is, you know, we're gonna tease her and be like, ooh, mm-hmm. which. I don't even know at this point. Like, obviously, we're not going to do that. Um, but it sounds serious. Like, it mm. sounds like, you know, pretty soon, you know, she, she, he's already being the plus one at a wedding we're going to in May. Um, pretty soon, he's going to meet my parents. And Greg, because my dad can't remember names. Have you met him? I have not met him. Mm. I know that he's a teacher. Oh. Yeah. And I would say get that teacher money. But. I, I know. Well, then she's also a teacher. So they're like, oh, great. They're going to still combine. They're going to make even twice as more money than me. <laughs> Don't, you can't think about it like that. Right. That, that's just kind of reeking of jealousy or, or something like that. I think there, there's, have you never been jealous of your siblings side? Really? Not really. I'm my own person. They're their own people. I wonder just because, and I think I've been this, I've said this before, but, you know, I'm the oldest and not to be like the leader, but it almost feels like I went down the path of don't be like Matt. (laughs) (laughs) You know, went to an art school, you know, chose a career that very rarely do you make as much money. And if you do, it's super rare. Um, and now you're like me going from job to job. But you're 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 doing something that's passionate. Mm-hmm. That you're passionate about something that like gets you going. It's like yeah they they're teaching like biology. I don't know what your sister teaches or boyfriend special education. special education. Like as long as you go for something that's passionate that you're passionate about, then is that isn't that really all that like matters? Like, but it should and you know, why are you're getting fulfilled in other ways mm-hmm. other than financially I'm getting feel, fulfilled creatively obviously yeah but am I fulfilled if other like my family or my friends who see it if they like it you know there, there's a running gag in the, my family my parents who obviously love me and are gonna support me they will flat out and say like okay well maybe that show was a little weird or that that show I, I, that made no sense to me um, and my brothers would be like, yeah, Matt, why the hell were you a rock in your <laughs> Why were you making this weird sound? I was the best damn rock. I was the biggest stone in the world. I mean, I don't know. I wish... My family is supportive of that aspect, but, you know, it's, it's hard doing... going further and further away from home yeah. to get that family support when you when you creatively do art and you know performing arts especially just like I I remember just being happy that my my mom and dad and I think Leanne a few times would come to see a show Mm -hmm. like you know that's one of my biggest goals and and luckily a few years ago 
um, she was able to, but like my biggest goals for the longest time was to do a show at the Guffman. No, it's the one in Minneapolis. Oh, I don't know. Uh, the like, Guthrie, the Guthrie the Theater, Guthrie Theater. Okay. the Guthrie Theater, because that, my my sister Irene lives in Minneapolis, and you know just anything I want her to see me perform and, and do what I love, and it's and another thing that Zooming the Movie is so great about is that she's been able to see me perform, and and that just makes me so happy. Yeah, like I'm almost moved to tears thinking about it because you know she was so like instrumental in culturally giving me the foundation of which I would grow upon when it came to taste in arts and culture and all that stuff so you remember that first show you did yes what was it um so the story around that was so I grew up watching movies I think I mentioned yeah I mentioned Back to the Future the Blues Brothers um, as I got older, I got m- more into music, and, and that's what I love about performing as arts is that everything influences everything else. Um, because I was listen- I got into a band that got me into another band, and that band was very influential when it came to like, well, not they were influenced by like the David Lynch, like, counterculture films that, like, every angsty teen grows up to see. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, remember watching early, like, the Blue Velvets and the Clockwork Oranges. And and you were like, this is great. And I was like, this is great. This is fantastic because this is what the music heroes that I have are are watched and and all that stuff. And so this this does lead to something, I assure you. Um, And so... Uh, I was in a gr- I had a group of friends in high school, in my freshman year, and um, they, one of them, Jake Brem, he, I, I was you know I was in awe by that kid like he he was the guy that like he would during the homecoming game go tackle the other team's mascot while it's doing its thing. And then, not only that, he tackled and, like, beat up the other team's mascot. He got suspended for it. And then he got a petition started to have him written, like, have signatures gathered so he could get out of a, out of suspension. And it worked. It worked? It worked. He got enough signatures that the administration was just like... Jake Bram's back, and so that's a friend that you that inspires you when they just have that boldness to fucking just say fuck it, okay. let's do it. Um, and and so he was enrolled in a drama class. I think it was my second semester of freshman year, and I didn't want to do gym. So because it's not a school subject. Because I mean, I wish I did gym now, like right. in the late you know early thirties. But I decided to transfer to a drama class mm-hmm. because he was taking a drama class. I was like, eh, at least, you know, it's credit. It'll get me into whatever. Right. And so um, there, was a, there was a mock audition with the drama teacher of which you just did a monologue. It didn't matter what it was. You just memorize a piece and say it. And so I memorized, there's a scene in the movie Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm where Mr. White is going down the plan of the robbery, 
where it's just like blah 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 I, I can't remember the uh, anything of it but I just remember at the end it's like fuck it let's get a taco like <laughs> and I said that speech and I didn't have the most self confidence in the world um, and so on the mock auditions sheet it was like would you want a supporting role or a main role I was like just go with the supporting role and Mr. Mead Mr. Brian Mead after I said that speech and this just like this is a pebble that ripples throughout the pond and becomes the wave that I'm fucking in Chicago now because I don't know what I'd be fucking doing if I didn't but he was just like so I know you signed up for supporting role but would you accept a leading one and that's all the kind of validation you need of just like oh okay cool and and so the next year um well during uh during summer vacation I got infatuated with a uh a young girl a young girl young girl and well we were both young at the time <laughs> good good save it's <laughs> a good save and um we got to chatting, and I, I felt mad. This is like the first time I had ever yeah. deeply, truly madly deeply fallen head over heels for someone, and did for the next four years. Um, but she was involved in the drama club. Mm-hmm. And so I signed up for the next drama class, drama two, and from... You know, we did a, like a read of the script that they were putting on. It was Shakespeare in Hollywood by Ken Ludwig. Yeah. Ken Ludwig? Yeah, Ludwig? Ludwig. 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 I was going with a German pronunciation. Let's do, we'll do a fact check at the end. <laughs> oh, God. That'll be an extra like 10 minutes because all this could be wrong. I could have like all the wrong facts ever. There you go. You get spoiled in the comments. Yeah. Um, but they had one of their leads drop out and she was like hey Alex would you want to do this I was like yeah and so Shakespeare in Hollywood was the first thing that I ever did where I was Jack Warner it was like producer because that that show is all about like Midsummer Night's Dream being produced in 1930s Hollywood Mm -hmm. so it's featuring a lot of known characters in that like um, people you know I'm blanking I'm I'm stream of thoughting. I don't even, I don't know what I said five minutes ago. Um, we'll play it back for you. <laughs> but I was Jack Warner of the Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. and all I did, and this is just kind of influenced every choice of just like just steal other people's like things. Yeah, because it was it was a fast talking producer. Of course, I'm going to do like the schmah. kind of talk like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's an idiot. Your father's an He's idiot. He's an idiot, Jay. That was the first line I ever uttered on a stage. I do remember. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thankful that I remember that. Right. I'm just like, He's an idiot. He's an idiot, see? There was my first show I ever did. I think I told you this was, I believe, Alice in Wonderland. And I was the fish footman. Do you know who the fish footman is, Alice? No. He's kind of like a... A mix of a guard and a mailman. Okay. And literally... Fish gardener. Fish gardener. And literally, his only line was, for the Dutchess, an invitation to play croquet. And I would get so nervous that I would speak like a fish. 
What did that? What does that even Talk mean? Talk like this a lot. <laughs> oh no. And I sound very British, which is more British than my British accent. So I would say out loud, for the Duchess, an invitation to play croquet. I don't even know what you just said. And that's why no one did. And but I only and the only reason why I would speed it up so fast was because the girl, were you nervous? Yes, because the girl who played Alice was very very cute. Um, and I was like, I need to get off stage. <laughs> She's hiding, and I need to get off stage. No. Yeah. So I would run right off. She's. You don't need her. You mm-hmm. don't need her. You're better than her. I don't know what she does now. So. She's uh, probably miserable. <laughs> If you're listening to this, yeah, you're, you're, Alice, yeah, Allison. There was, you know what? There was three Alices because we did three shows. So, oh yeah, so each one of them would do one. I don't remember which one. Uh, it's been a long time. So you went. So what, did your parents? When you told your parents, "Hey, I like to act. I think I want to do this for the rest of my life." Were they okay with? Oh, it? they didn't give a shit. They didn't give a shit. They didn't give a shit. My parents. I love them to bits and pieces. I love them to death. They're supportive in the way of just like, hey, I'm going to do this. Cool. Wow. Dot, dot, dot. I'm sorry, Mom, if you're listening to this. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's a, it's an encouragement where it's like you can never do no wrong, but it's like you're not going to get pushed in that direction. Right. It's, it's really you are up to your own devices to make yourself happy, to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um. Were your your siblings okay with that? I mean, yeah, everybody was cool with it. I didn't have any pushback. Wow. Yeah, everybody was cool. Like, my mom would help me run lines in high school. Like, I mean, I know that completely counteracts what I literally just said. Just like, they didn't give a shit, because obviously my mom does, and she still does. And and my dad, you know, he he loved going to the shows, I'm assuming. Um, and, And so, yeah, and... And so from that front, like everybody was just like, yeah, go for it. If you want, if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. It, it's, and that's kind of, you know, how I approach people when it's just like, I'm thinking of doing this versus doing that. I'm just like, well, what do you want to do? Right. I don't care either way. Yeah. I don't have a stake in it, but like do what makes you happy. Right. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to love you or like think of you any less if you go down one path, unless that like path is kicking dogs or something like that like my mom growing up just had one rule it was just like whatever you do don't do anything bad if you do anything bad don't get caught like (laughs) make sure i don't have to pick you up pretty much but she was you know they were very they were very caring people they were they were people that were just like i just want to know who you're with i just want to know you're safe i don't care what you're doing right so you go to college, you go to what, some school in Anchorage, correct? The University of Alaska Anchorage. Oh, I could have just said that and be like, and I could, if only, you know what, I'm going to do that again. So you went to the University of Alaska Anchorage, correct? Yeah. Okay, cool. And we'll keep that part in mm-hmm. um, now I did. You, Yeah. And you said you did the radio station. I did the radio station, yeah, because I really don't, like... You know, I want to harp back to the theory that, like, everything influences everything. Mm -hmm. And so I love just, like, old rock and roll music. I love just, like, popular music as it is, 
whatever form that decides to take. I don't, I, you know, on with the new, old, out with the old, in with the new kind of music mentality. Right. But, you know, I also loved in those movies, like I mentioned, Back to the Future and Blues Brothers, music is integral to shaping how you feel about a scene. Yeah. And so one thing that I did in addition to studying acting was sound design. Very cool. And, you know, just knowing how music can shape an audience's opinion or a scope of a scene or, like, the energy or vibe of it. Like, you know, even looking back into the teens, mentioning, like, A Clockwork Orange or Blue Velvet with David Lynch, music is still very integral to that. You know, I just, you know, the perfect mix of audio and visual. Performing arts, boom, there it is. That's why, like, photography on itself has never really gotten... Yeah. Yeah. Because it just lacks the, the, the orchestral right. vibes around it. And so my university didn't really have a uh, sound design program or anything like that. And I was like, all right, what's the closest thing I could think, like I can get? The radio station. Right. Plus, like, it, it's always, like, that dream to, like, host, like, the 2 a.m. radio, like, was, show. Was yours at 2 a.m.? No, I had, I, had mi- I had bouncing slots. Like, I remember Wednesdays at 10 a.m. I remember, like, Thursdays at 11 a.m., or like five to seven, mm-hmm. or just like whatever, like one to three, like wherever the schedule was open. Right. And my school said just schedule fit in because I, I always did prioritize the theater stuff, and the radio station is cool to just bounce me around wherever because right. it's college radio. Who's listening in the first place? <laughs> the radio majors, if they're the radio, the 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 communications, yeah, yeah radio yeah, communications. Yeah. I would, there, the only reason why I ever wanted to do radio when I first started on college is because um, there's a radio station, 670 to score, and they have the rotating of hosts, mm-hmm. but there was one who's been doing it for over 30 years, and the only reason why he's so popular is because he has the 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. slot, mm-hmm. where no one talks, so he would just be talking to himself, or he'll just take to the phones, he'll have no guests, it would literally just be him all night, I'm like... Oh, I would love just to be talking to myself the entire time. I always wanted that late, late, late time period because, you know, one thing nobody really knows is, like, after... I think I think it's from, like... I don't know the exact time. I think it's, like, 11, 11 p.m. in the evening to about 4 a.m. is safe. They called it the safe harbor hours. Yeah. Because you can play whatever you want on the on the waves right like if it's if it's a song like very vulgar like rap or like metal you could play it during that time go for it you can go for it you know and and that's the one thing also that you know implements how i go about things came from radio in that like you know and, and just overall censorship influences that opinion of me of just like, well, the OCC and the FCC or whatever the communications board is, they aren't watching these channels with like a, a red button and being like, oh, they said yep, fuck. Cancel. No, they only report things when somebody tells them, hey, somebody did that. 
So that's why you wanted it. Well, and that's, you know, why I never, like... There have been one or two times that I accidentally let, not me personally, but a song that let, like, shit or fuck through. Because right. that that's the music that I played was, like, the punk rock. B-Cuts, classic rock. Springsteen or, like, The Clash or what, what have you. Dead Kennedys. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, well, I hope nobody heard that. But... You feel like my parents whenever we would listen to some kind of song and there's like and then and talking about body parts or swearing my dad would go the entire time and I would do that too like when I worked at a camp and I'll play to try to cover it up yeah I there's a song you know it Jim Blossoms Follow You Down and he goes like so what the hell and I'm so you hear the what the and I go so what the just to do that, just to get away with that music. That was some of the music I just liked to listen to. Mm-hmm. That if I heard ABC one two three one more time, I'm gonna, I will tear that place apart. Do re mi. See, I will play that. That's fine. Like when I was a preschool teacher, when they woke up after their nap, after their twelve thirty to three o'clock nap. Oh my god. From three to five, that was Mr. Matt's music. Mm-hmm. That was I would connect to the Bluetooth speaker. I would play wherever I want. I ever had a swear, I would just yell from the top of my lungs. And those kids would think it's the funniest thing in the world. They don't know what they're listening to, but they'd be like, ah, the entire time. Interesting. Just because I can't, I could not. When I first started, I could not deal with any of the do, 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 do. Yeah. Like, I would lose my mind. I was looking at all the teachers. I'm like, they're brainwashed. How? What are you doing? We we we're not gonna do this. We're gonna pl- we're gonna we're also gonna right. enjoy ourselves, you know. Um, That's where I'm really glad like Irene and Leanne came in of just like getting me hip to some really good music beforehand, which I keep saying ripple throughout my life because it's like, yeah, I was listening to the Beatles and the and Queen and Elton John when I was like before 10 years old like rocking and grooving to that and that just like seeped into that kind of attitude into the stuff that I was watching yeah I love like Fairly Odd Parents and Ed Ed and Eddie and and those late 90s shows but when I came to like 12 that pre-teen time I was watching freaking like Friday the 13th or like Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween while people were like watching That's So Raven or something like that. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know about this, but I've got a hockey mask. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you my parents banned me from watching Cartoon Network for, really? for a vast majority of my childhood because they thought some of that stuff was going to mess me up. So Well, I, it did. Yeah, it did. Look at me. And uh, But I would, whatever I do, I would sneak into my basement and just have the volume on so low, enough where I can still hear it, but they couldn't hear it upstairs. Mm-hmm. Or I would, or when I discovered that they were showing clips and like this is when like YouTube first began, I was watching that. I I, I was I think I was caught every time. <laughs> but I was like I don't care. I will try again tomorrow. Um, because some of that stuff that that creative stuff that is what I was into. Mm-hmm. I loved Courage Cowardly Dog, Foster's Home for Imagine. Did that ever seep into things where you got? self 
self kind of critical or like self censoring where it's just like oh I'm gonna watch this but I know my parents will hate me for it but then they see it and they're like what like no they they would sometimes they wouldn't know it was Cartoon Network because mm-hmm. the logo you know how it's on the bottom yeah. screen sometimes they just wouldn't be there and they think oh okay he's watching Disney this seems a little a little much for Disney but okay and then you hear you're watching Cartoon Network Matt turn that off okay gonna watch this again mm-hmm. um it's like rugrats for example they never let me watch Rugrats. really they hated the character of angelica pickles well she's supposed to be hated uh-huh she they thought she was a bad influence yeah but what about the influence of tommy and you know chucky and i know all that stuff you know look looking back like when we weren't we were never allowed to say i hate you or that's dumb, or that's stupid, and they would say that a lot. Now, obviously, that's fine. no. I understand why they did that. They wanted to create a, a an atmosphere where you're thinking outside the box, as well as like trying to be more positive about things. Right. Like if you say hate, you're grounded. Yeah. In the house. And I, I think one time when I was growing up, I said it at camp, and I was like, "Mom, I said a bad word," compared to you know. I don't know. I hate that for you. Well, now I don't care. Now, now it's like they don't really care. Sometimes my dad would swear now. Sometimes my, my mom rarely swears, and when she does, it's kind of funny. Yeah, man, I'm taking... Well, it must have been a pain to implement when you were a child. I'm kind of taking your parents, like, the intention. No, yeah, and I'm not saying that was bad. Like, I don't care. Like, I was still finding ways to be... I'm supporting their intention that they wanted to make a well-mild-mannered child. With a wild imagination. And you got there. (laughs) It took 24 or 3 years. I don't don't know how long. Um, Is it true... Um, that you have... All of it. Okay. All of it. Uh, so why did you burn the tapes then? Uh, <laughs> uh, is it, did you order the code red? <laughs> You're goddamn right I did. Uh, oh, Nixon. So, uh, is it true you had a Shakespeare podcast? Yes. Was this during the pandemic? This was or? during the pandemic. This was during the pandemic where I... Uh, yeah, and so during the pandemic, people were miserable just kind of they didn't know what to do arts was shut down for a period of time right and so i was like well what do i have i've got editing skills why don't i i I originally thought of well what if i just read shakespeare on my own and just do all the parts and edit it together and that shifted to well people have cell phones right people can record wherever some of my friends got into voiceovers while in the pandemic. Yeah. And so I just kind of reached out to anybody that I could to be like, hey, would you read? Because I did three plays, and then I just got tired and burnt out, and I haven't done it since. I should probably get back to it. because they Season were... two. Season two. I did, the, I call it the three M's. I did Much Ado About Nothing, Macbeth, and Medea. Okay. And yeah, and that came from just like friends being like, and and if you tell people outright, this is what's going on, they'll forgive. Um, they'll forgive quality yeah issues if you're just like, hey, this is just a gimmick of just like I have friends from like seven different states, mm-hmm. 
doing this in a giant like and I would give them the scripts. I'd highlight their lines. I did everything I could to make it as easy for them. Right. And I still do that with ZTM. Where it's yeah. just like, what do you need? Um, and they would re- they would uh, send back the um, just the audio, mm-hmm. and I would stitch it together like a puzzle. Yeah. And do whatever I could to make it sound naturalistically um, speaking, natural speaking. Um, because I thought, using this approach, the um, space in between dialogue is crucial. You know, sometimes you could feel the energy where they would leap onto another person. Yeah. Or, like, what's the natural space one person would leave for another person? What's the psychological aspect of that? And, and so it was a lot of fun after three shows. Mm-hmm. Um, Second Plague Shakespeare on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher... Um, but something I was able to do with Macbeth, which I really loved, was I also created the score for it and oh, the sound cool. effects and, and created the ambiance. And, and like that, like, you can really just build a scene and the creepiness and, and create like otherworldly things. And so, yeah, that was that was a blast. But uh, yeah, I, I got halfway through doing the importance of being earnest before just like I'm done I'm uh, I'm, I'm kind of shot right because yeah I tried to do one every month oh god and that kind of e- that precise editing with like because I made I got people to be individual parts I didn't really stack up tracks and all that stuff like managing 17 people like getting audio files to you and then like trying to split it and like clean up the audio and then edit it like i definitely used those months in between like all the time that i could to like get them out but i'm I'm pretty proud of that stuff Mm -hmm. you know about my lockdown podcast i did right Mm -hmm. so from march till about may uh every day i would do a podcast episode of uh i would call a friend and we're it was like a daily check-in with a new friend. Really? Uh, yeah. I w- so I would call them, and we did over phone, wasn't through text, and I would, like, hold the phone over to my mom. I would literally, like, the first thing I would say, hey, I'm going to call you. And they would know they're about to be on the mic. Yeah. So you, I would call them, and you just hear the, doom, doom, hello. And then we just go from there for about, like, 20 minutes or so. We mm-hmm. would just talk about it. And I did 50 of those. And after, I want to after I want to say about twenty five, I started to feel it because I was like, oh, because this is starting to win. Finals were starting to come approaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I only started just because I needed a project to do. Yeah. Um, so the first couple days were like, oh, this is so much fun. I'm getting these people who I haven't spoken to in a long time. I'm catching up with them. I have 50 friends. I, literally. I did a whole week devoted to education. And, like, had, like, teachers on. Uh-huh. I devoted a week to, like, Columbia graduates. Like, because that was supposed to be when we were supposed to graduate. And walked down the aisle. Walked down the aisle. Or the stage. I don't know. We're not getting there. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Who Some of them. I don't know. And, uh... I, rem- I remember the recording part was fun. And then you're right, once you went to the editing, I'm like... It's always the editing. It's always... It's always the editing. And you were thinking, 20 minutes, like, sometimes, I mean, it was fine. 
or did you how see precise it? did you get with your editing? Did you like eliminate dead, like dead of, silence? A lot of no. dead space would be cut. Ums and ahs. Did you get rid of those? Yeah, some ums or you know sometimes the phone would just break apart. There was a time where I actually had to redo an episode with a friend of mine. Um, three times. Two or three times, because the first one was so bad. It was my first episode. And I had, like, family members walking in, so you heard the... Or the... More! Or the shutting the door. God damn it! <laughs> How many times did I tell you? Literally we Put down <laughs> the goddamn toilet seat! Get off the shed! Um, we, I, ha- I texted him, I was like, we need to do this again. I, I This is un... You can't listen to this. this My is mother ranted for 45 <laughs> minutes and we didn't get a lick of our conversation in. And then the second time we did it, his phone made a screeching sound. Like halfway through. Like a good minute of it, we had to cut. Oh. Luckily, it was like 16 minutes. It was decent enough. We had to put it up. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it was always the editing. Whenever, if we went past 30, I rolled my eyes. I was like, oh, fuck. This is going to suck. Because you, did you do, like, intros and outros and I would, all that stuff? I would record, I would just record an outro. The intro was always the phone ringing. Um, but the outros, I would just do, like, all right, we're done. Do this, ba 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 and then go from there. Get it out of the way, get yeah, it done. Like, I wasn't making a joke. I was literally, it was just me and my, my family room by myself. Um, yeah, they were rough. I mean, for some reason, they still get listened to. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but like... You've got hundreds of thousands of listens. <laughs> like, for some reason, last November, it went up, the listenership. I was like, really? I don't remember why. Like, it, I, I'm not saying it's bad. I would say some of them are pretty good. All right. Um, but, I don't know. So, what do you... As we're wrapping up... I are have, we wrapping up? I, bar- well, I feel like I barely scratched the I surface know, of, I'm, what, I'm of me. And I'm trying to, like, you know, get we stories can, out and, like, what going, I feel yeah. truly um, gets to the essence of me. Do you have a favorite reading we've done together? We've done together? I mean, I love her. Her was good. Her yeah. was good. MASH was fun. MASH was fun. Uh, Roger Rabbit. Roger, you were Roger, and I've never seen Roger Rabbit. With you. Okay. And when I when I got, <laughs> I think it was the days leading up to it, I was like, "Are, are we still doing it?" Yeah. And then yeah. like the night before, I was like, "Oh man." I mean, Dumb and Dumber. I think that's... Dumb and Dumber, I think might be my favorite. Yeah. I mean, Birdman was a really good was well acted, but I think Dumb and Dumber, uh, literally because we came up with it. I remember Birdman. Getting like so angry halfway through because we, I think we started a little late because Kevin, it wasn't it Kevin Laper? Kevin Laper's Wi Fi went out. It, his Wi Fi went out and he was streaming it, right? It was yeah. through his. He was streaming it. And I'm, I don't want to say I'm a perfectionist when it comes to like trying to start on time or just like letting the show like. But just something really just got under my crawl when, like, because we, during the read, we had to stop. Yeah. Because the Wi-Fi went out. We had to kick back in. Nobody's watching this. I don't know, I know. why I was so pissed off. No I think it was wa- just a vibe. No or... one watched. Was it because it was literally an all-star caliber cast? And right. Yeah. It, also, you and I were planning this. Because I told you I wanted to do Birdman. You, you said and... Birdman, and I was like, 
cast outside your box. Yep. And then I think we talked about because we did it. We did a gender bend, and then you recommended a friend as the Ed Norton character that. Um, mm-hmm. And she and I was like, well, she's cool. I, I this would be actually a good part for her. Um, and then the running joke was I would ask everyone whoever I went into like, hey, you want to play Birdman? And then Kate Morgulovich was like the first person to say, sure, I'll do it. Did everybody else say no? Or like they were busy or just like, uh, I've never seen it. Tony couldn't do it. Kevin Pollack couldn't do it. And then Laura couldn't do it. LJ couldn't do it. Holy crap. And then I, I, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to, I didn't see myself as that. Um, I didn't want to do it. And then, I, and then Kate was like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And she did like, great. She was great. She was and wonderful. Then, and after she said yes, I, and then and then Michaela said yes, I think I think I was like, I think we should do this a gender bend. Um, and then we did it, and I mean, I only had a sm- very small part, but the running bit bit was me just having some soup and watching some really good acting. <laughs> That's always the joke now: just have some soup and have watch some soup. And yeah, I think I, which there was great timing in me getting really pissed off about that. In that. My next scene was Naomi Watts' character who I was reading, just like, Mike, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and so I really funneled it in there. Right. And I screamed at Michaela. I like the cameo you made in Steve Jobs. I didn't make a cameo in Steve Jobs. <laughs> you were in the room, though. With Steve I was Jobs. not in the room. Michaela specifically asked me if I would not be the room, be in the room, and I abhe- I listened <laughs> to my girlfriend's um, I listened to her request and I stayed out of the living room and I st- like held up in her room just kind of watching on Zoom like a supportive partner would. Uh, I didn't see I didn't know that because I figured she wouldn't care because we saw you at the beginning and I was like, oh crap, we actually have an audience member. Uh, <laughs> that was a really good reading. That was really good reading. You, you did really well with that. Um, I'm proud of you. That was the one. Cause we, I think the running bit was I was always go to you, for, go to you for help because I just, yeah, I didn't know how to do anything. I don't know. Literally, I was like, I know how to cast pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how to pick good readings. I don't know how to edit the script. Right. And then after a while, you were like, Matt, you need to figure it out. Which is why I asked you when we first started, how do you think this our relationship has sort of changed? Because I, this is why I think it's became, or become. Uh, Big brother, little brother. Right. Of like, little brother, you're going to have to learn eventually. You're going to have to do it. i got to work on Hamlet, my friend. I'm uh-huh. sorry. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. So you're going to be Hamlet. Omelette. Omelet. The cheese Danish. Uh, from the makers of Walls of Grant. And uh, <laughs> this, uh, what, August? Uh, yeah, it's so... Um, Salt and Sage Productions was just my friend Asai. It's just her company that she self-funds. Right. And I've done... Oh, geez. So her and I's thing was I I moved to Portland in the spring of 2016. And I auditioned for the the Portland Generals, which was just, you know, they they had a general just like every theater company comes in. Right. And instead of going to everybody's thing, that will bring the companies to you. Yeah. And it's a small town, so you could do that. Yeah. And I... Don't know if she was the one that chose me, but she was doing a joint audition with another person. Uh, she was doing Coriolanus, and the other person was doing Love Labor's Lost. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was called in for what, 
but I was called back to her audition, that joint thing. Yeah. I don't know who wanted me. And I got cast in Coriolanus. And from that, she also then cast me in... And this is where this really just gave me a crash course in Shakespeare and, and really fueled my love of Shakespeare because I'm a very person of just like, I want to be as good as that actor. Yeah. Well, what do they do? Like, not just like in choices and acting, but like, what are they literally doing product wise and piece wise that makes them good? And it's just right. like, oh, they're doing Shakespeare. All right, I'll do that. So I forced myself pretty much to appreciate and love it, which is now genuine and I really do and like it. But, but, um, our crash course consisted of, she would do two plays in rep with each other. So it'd be like one on Friday, one on Saturday, one on Thursday, one on Friday, one on Saturday, you know, flipping, alternating. So you're literally rehearsing two plays at once. Right. Um, and so that first combo, it was Midsummer Night's Dream and All's Well That Ends Well. And then she brought me back the next summer because I was studying acting at the Portland, uh, Portland Actors Conservatory a two year program and so in that between years I, I worked and d did during the summer I was in Hamlet and uh, Twelfth Night mm -hmm. because she loves that play she loves Hamlet like I'm going to be her third one and then after that was because we'd become friends at that point just like not just like cast uh, director uh, actor but just like and we were hanging out eating tacos and I, I mentioned a play that I really like and then she was just like yeah that's really cool but I, I like this because they were both two person shows Yeah. and I was like I like gruesome playground injuries and she was like oh I know this show called Brilliant Traces which is set in Alaska that you should read and check out and I was like well I want to do this and she's like I want to do this and I was like why are we discussing this we know what we do we right. do plays in rep why don't we do them in rep and so we did that in the spring of like 2019 20, yeah spring of 2019 uh, not just alternating days but we literally would do the plays back to back Jesus. in a single night and I loved that I love marathon roles I love the the, the the kind of roles where you're on stage and you don't get off mm -hmm. for like two or three hours. Mm -hmm. And that's what I call them. I call them like marathon endurance roles. Endurance tests. Endurance tests. I love endurance tests when it comes to being on stage. It's like, can you stay focused? Can you stay active? Can you stay engaging? Because right. after a certain like, you know, you get, when you're on stage for short spurts of time, you start to think, oh, how does that how did that look to the audience? How did that feel to my stage partner? But like after like two hours, you don't give a shit. Yeah. You're just in it at that point. Um, and so that was a great exercise. I'm sure Alwyn, who was, you know, both are two person plays. And so it was me and Alwyn Arcardi. Arcardi. Oh, wow. And um, she was just like, I'm, I can't, I'm so glad this is the last show. I don't think I could do this anymore. I was like, I can fucking, let's do this. I was jacked. Um, and, and so then that summer, it was supposed to be three plays in rep with each other, but we cut that back down to two. Good. And so uh, we cut that down and it was, it was uh, Troilus and Cressida and Antony and Cleopatra. Mm -hmm. So love in war kind of 
but you know after two years we were originally going to do um both henry fours right back to back and rep but going with um the pandemic and just the artistic fatigue of just like art can will people be reactive to this what do we feel like artists we want to get back into it but not just leap into something new right. and we both know hamlet i was hurley artes uh in the this the session previous and so she's jumping back with me as the lead and, and this is the marathon of all marathon roles right. and so i'm just like I've, I've been trying to memorize as much as i can uh, are you ready to go back i'm ready man oh what a rogue and peasant slave am i is it not monstrous that this player here but in a fiction in a dream of passion should force his souls to his own conceit that from her anyway so you got the lines. I've got some lines. I don't have um, it all. I originally I wanted to do it um, unabridged. Oh, that's cool. But as I was like, we can't. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Anyway, I'm rambling. No, you're good. You're ready to be back on stage. I'm ready to be back. I'm was... ready. I think I've learned a lot through ZTM. Um, I think it's it's garnered me a sense of stillness. Yeah. Because if you're on camera, you don't need to like constantly be moving or whatever. And then I just, when you're getting that intimate with you and the camera, I think, I, I don't know, I learned how to open up mm -hmm. emotionally a bit more. I, I remember, I think uh, the first thing I ever got like super emotional in was Goodwill Hunting. Mm -hmm. And from there, I just like, I can turn this water spit on and just like cry and sob and be emotional and angry and all that stuff. It was like a very freeing experience. And, you know, you saw her and like, just like, I think I'm, I'm I ready. I narrated you. And you had to sit through me just like listening to me being broken up with. And I, not only did I have to narrate you, you know, I one of the things that I've taken the pleasure of, you know, we talked about this, how I want to narrate more just because there's a certain emotion and status that I think that I lack sometimes whenever as a character actor that I think I am, um, that I never get a chance to show. You know, we did uh, before movies. Yeah, before um, sunrise and sunset back in July, and I, the, you know, I joked when we first started. Right. I was like, "Oh, I've never been the romantic lead before. This is new for me." And you and Michaela were both like, "Because yeah, Michaela played um, Celine, and I was dressing, and she was like, "You both, of you were like, really?" I'm like, "Yeah," and because I never get a chance to show this or explore mm -hmm. this. And so when you do tell me that, hey, I'm going to do these projects of, oh, I want to be part of it, but I don't want to be a friend. I don't want to be the goofy friend. Okay. Yeah, I'll find a way for it. Then, like, then I, want to, I want to feel what you're feeling, too, to get that chance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, that was one of the few readings I, I get to rewatch. I rewatched the final ten minutes of it. We had to just watch you cry. <laughs> um, and me just, I, remember, I literally remember me just being, like, Ira Glass of, like, we look at him in the sunset. He looks away. There are birds in the air. There are birds in the air. Black and into play. Um, that's the cool thing about, you know, people always don't... People don't put 
active, like reading, like intentions behind readings. Yeah. When it comes to narrating, oh, Superman flies into the sky. He hits a spaceship and it falls to earth Mm -hmm. but it's like you can really get into that and create a scene and you can create a picture with your voice and your energy and just like superman leaps into the air he grabs the closest thing and he punches it with all his might and it falls like you get you can get into it and really let it's it's just simple reacting to both your text and then you can also set the intentions and the emotional like blanket for this picnic to happen with the actors yeah you know if jesse reaches out to celine it may be the last time he sees her Mm -hmm. you can you know help enhance and let the actors springboard yeah off of you you know do you remember during her where (laughs) i forgot to turn my mic off how are we doing, guys? Doing great, right? We're working, so I didn't want to come over. Oh, oh no, no, you're totally fine. fine. You're fine. Go, yeah, go ahead. Um, do you remember... Yeah, say, so... Um, I forgot to turn my mic off, and we were talking about, like, how fu- how much of a fun guy you are, and you just hear me giggle in the background, and you go, shut up! I only remember it because you bring it up to me. Because, and that was like the one time that I think I, that's like just in the zone like I think that's you were, just you were like, in the zone and I didn't mean to break you obviously thank you oh, thank you so much mm-hmm. um we gotta check um but that's because I was so with you and so following you during that and I was like mm-hmm. oh man I, I'm enjoying this but shoot I forgot to turn my mic off during that <laughs> uh it was one that was that was one of the good ones well speaking of the good ones um we were running so over but we still have enough time time for two okay this is the game this is the game that you have two minutes on the clock uh oh yeah i gotta get focused i yeah. gotta get ready don't worry get fo- don't worry get focused i gotta get the clock don't going. worry we've gone over but you can cut most of this in post <laughs> yeah well yeah whatever we're doing it live fuck it damn thing sucks all right you ready okay three two one hit me go karaoke song of choice uh, don't look back in anger, Oasis, or what, Space Oddity. What makes someone a hero? Uh, their ability to put others before themselves. Morning or night person? Morning. Timon or Pumbaa? Timon. Candy of choice. Uh, uh, Everlasting Gobstoppers. What Disney film best describes your life? Oh God, I don't know Disney movies. Bugs Life. Who let the dogs out? Who 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 who? How do you like your eggs? Over easy. Favorite kind of grandma's cookies? Uh, oatmeal raisin. Yeti or Hydro Flask? Yeti. Favorite celebrity Chris? Chris uh, Hemsworth. If you moved to Sesame Street, who would you want as your neighbor? Um, I want Bert and Ernie. AC or DC? AC. Is there a house on the rising sun? Uh, there, and they call it New Orleans. I don't know the animals. <laughs> Fruit salad or hot potato? Hot potato. Eminem the rapper or Eminem the candy? Eminem. Ha- candy. Are you afraid of Virginia Woolf? No. What would you do for a Klondike bar? I'd kill a man. Can you beatbox? Uh, I would kill a man. <laughs> do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> no. Are you cuckoo from Cocoa Puffs? Yes. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Always. TV show you are binging right now. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? <laughs> What's your typical bedtime? Uh, about 1 a.m. Are you good at cooking? Yes. Weather of choice? Uh, sunny day. Left Twix or right Twix? Left. Uh, do you have an alcoholic drink of choice? No. 
Uh, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? 323. What is your name? Alex Albrecht. What is your quest? Uh, to find the Holy Grail. Where is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? 32 meters per second. Is it floor lava? Yes. Did you suck your thumb as a child? Always. Have you had mom's spaghetti? Yes. Favorite Matthew? Uh, Dave Matthews. Screw you. Worst job you've had? <laughs> Worst job I had? Yep. Um, funnel cake operator at a carnival. Favorite president? Uh, Herbert Hoover. Bernie the Elf. What's your favorite color? Uh, purple. Favorite kind of soup? Uh, minestrone. Is there an eye in the sky? There's an Iron Man in the sky. Favorite kind of smoothie? Uh, peanut butter, chocolate chip, protein smoothie. Good job. That was intense. <sighs> Are you okay? I don't even know what I said most of the time. Yet again, that zone of focus and just concentration to get it out. That was great. Alex, I've had such a great time. Good. (laughs) Now I ask you the questions. Are your parents proud of you? Yes. Are your parents proud of you? I hope they are. I hope they are, too. And uh, I hope you know how much I appreciate having you in my life this past almost year now. Year and a half, maybe. I think it's a year and a half. Year and three months? Probably. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. No problem. And this was fun. And I'm, I'll come back and I'll talk more. <laughs> we'll make this a two-parter. Briefly, I will talk about it. Alex is playing the Hamlet in Salt and Sage Productions' version of it. Uh, the show is running July 29th and runs to August 27th. Uh, you can find more on the Facebook page at Salt and Sage Productions. And that is it for this week's episode. My thanks to Alex and the Golden Apple for having us. Next week, we have director Annie Tip. Thank you all so much. See you next week. Let the